And sabajo. Hmm. Starting off with a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of coffee. Uh, it's been an early an earlier morning for me. Good morning, everybody. Sabajo. Hope you guys are doing well. Hold on, let me just readjust the screen. Um, I see ER980, uh, Ibrahim is with us, Jimmy Fire Dragon, Dominic Juan, Greg, um, El Josa, of course, Jimmy Fire Dragon, um, Golden Levy, of course, and Jim M. Uh, wow. Uh, welcome. Welcome back to the Android Bay, episode 107. Uh, today on, and I do have to keep looking at this, on February 5th, 2022, only because uh, days of starting to kind of bleed into each other. Um, this morning has been an interesting morning for me. I... Um, I've been working very hard and very diligently at putting a video out for the uh, Reno 7 Pro 5G. So uh, as you probably may have seen, I put out a quick um, short but of sorts on uh, on YouTube um, doing the quick unboxing of the actual device. And um, I've been actually working on putting together the video. I got the phone a little bit later, so I didn't have as much time um, as I typically have to be able to get my stuff ready to be able to put the video out on launch day. So um, if you probably saw it and you may have seen some of the cool things about this, there is a video. It is edited. Unfortunately, not rendered. That was <clears throat> unfortunately not rendered yet because that was one of my limitations. So I've been up since 5 a.m. Um, shooting the uh, shooting the last couple of pieces there, doing the A-roll part of it, and then, of course, editing it and getting it together. But since I produce my videos at 4K, 60 frames per second, my render times are horrendous, regardless of the fact that I have a 3080 Ti or not. So typically, it's a 1 to 1, but more than likely like a 1 to 2, 1.2 kind of a thing. So like it's a longer video, as you know, my typical uh, essentials video. Um, so the long story short is uh, that was the reason why I was a couple of minutes late and I still don't have the video live on the main channel. So that's going to be going up today. Um, so as soon as we're done with the live stream, I'm going to hit the render probably 25 minutes or so. And then hopefully within about 35 minutes after the live stream is over, uh, we'll definitely get a chance to check out that video. It's going to be on the main channel, the TK Bay channel, and we'll be going also on the Arabic channel very shortly after that. Um, and as I typically do with some of these devices. So uh, with that being said, I hope you're having a good Saturday morning or a Saturday afternoon, depending where you are in the world. Uh, if hope, if, and if you are on the East Coast, I'm hoping the weather is getting a little bit better. You're not still kind of getting all that snow and everything is starting to open up a little bit. I noticed New York was not as, uh, as badly, um, not to say that I, I was keeping track of New York. I saw that Adam was there with his wife for uh, celebrating Valentine's Day and so on, uh, which is an amazing thing to do, by the way. Um, and I noticed there was not snow or anything like that in the background. So, so far, it's been an interesting week. Um, very busy week, a lot of devices week. Um, I finally got the Note 11 Pro 5G, and that was... I'm not going to say that it's due to FedEx. Uh, well, I mean, it is due to FedEx, but it's not due to not shipping it on time. That's what I was trying to say. The phone took a nice long route through um, Alaska here in the U.S. Finally got delivered a couple of days ago. So... As I'm wrapping up or trying to finish up the content on the uh, in the Reno, I need to kind of also give a little bit of love to the Note 11 Pro 5G uh, from, uh, you know, obviously from Redmi. Um, I see that uh, Joe's in the chat. Hey, man, glad you made it. Glad glad you were able to make it. Uh, and I see uh, Greg in there. Sabaho Dominic. Hope you're doing well. Um, El Josa, everybody kicking it with us. Um, in the middle of sending a package of the GPS, I'll join the group. In the chat. Dude, take care of your thing. Obviously, obviously, take care of your thing. Um, so um, Ibrahim is saying the week has been great in general, but today it's cold and miserable here in the UK. 
Uh, we've been getting a lot of what we call Santa Ana winds, which essentially is just a lot of wind in the Los Angeles area. And depending where you are, that could actually translate into more warm temperatures in some areas where I am. It's translating to cooler or more colder temperatures and, of course, a lot of debris and a lot of allergies kicking up um, as some of the flowers starting to bloom. So there's a lot of if anybody has allergies in Los Angeles, today is not the day to go out. Today is the day you take your antihistamine and you enjoy a lot of content online. Um just got Saturday off. Dude, absolutely kicking it. Uh, so obviously, as you guys know, Joe is uh, Purposely Pixel. Uh, and of course, we have Matt Tyler as well as in Purposely Gaming. So there's a, there's a nice little collaboration with the, with the crew over in the UK. Uh, it's just miserable in London. <laughs> they won't even give us, give us cold. Uh, it's weird. It is one of those weird temperatures. Um, Jimmy Fire Dragon. Uh, yep, the rain has been horrendous here in Northern Ireland, um, here in the UK at TK's and everyone. It's 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 been a weird year. Seriously, it's been a weird year. Um, and in the weirder part about it is obviously in LA or in Los Angeles, we typically are having more uh, warmer temperatures than in a season. We were supposed to have cold and rain, but we had a very sh very short um, period of time where we had a lot of rain in the beginning end of last year. And then since the beginning of this year, we've been basically just dry and we're probably not even going to see a drop of rain and we're going to go back into a lot of water conservations and so on. So it's it's a little bit different everywhere in the world, um, although the temperatures are a little bit warmer today. Uh, we have mods in the chat. Ibrahim. Oh, dude, absolutely. Absolutely. Having Joe hanging out with us, having, uh, well, hopefully we'll see Aditya as well in, in, this, in the near future. Um, uh, Ash is Ash and hey everyone indeed it's a little cooler in the UK today as mentioned already and I hope everything everybody's doing good it you know it, time is getting up I and mean, we're we just passed Chinese New Year so for anybody that celebrates it happy Chinese New Year or happy um, spring festival as well I think because that's also one of the other celebrations um, and so for us here in the family we celebrated we had some uh, you know we had uh, we didn't have uh, a gathering but we did have we exchanged some dish, uh, dishes and so on so we we did get a chance to celebrate it in our own way. I'm hoping next year we'll be back to the full-on uh, regular Chinese New Year celebrations. Um, but for the overall experience of, of the things that are going on, I'll say this. The devices that showed up this week, or the devices that we're able to talk about this week, and I say that because there are devices, unfortunately, I don't have a way, uh, I don't have the ability of talking about yet, but hopefully soon. Um, I was very surprised with the performance. So far, out of the box, realistically, the, uh, the Huawei P50 Pro has been seriously impressing me in every single way shape or form when it comes down to the camera performances there are some concerns and and i'm not talking about the looming one obviously with the google play services but it somewhat is related to that um, there are some issues in uh, in the way i've been able to basically get my workflow going through it um, i do have my sim card in it and i've been using it ever since i got it and i'm not going to deny it, the fact that i'm having to give uh, the x70 pro plus back to juan next friday uh, this device is making my life a little bit easier and a little bit more um, understand, you know, I, I can manage working with a device like this, although there are some concerns um, in the sense of connectivity. What can we do on devices like this and what can we do um, to make things work better? So I want to talk a little bit about the, the P50 Pro. There's going to be a video for that. It was supposed to come out yesterday and then I realized that I may, I may, I missed or I did not get the email of when the embargo was for the Reno 7 Pro and I didn't see it. So my my contact, my content that was supposed to be ready for yesterday was not done on time. Uh, but we'll see how, we'll see how that goes. Um, 
uh, talk, uh, talk, uh, yeah, talking about mod, I just got a stable uh, Gcam mod uh, running on the P6 Pro. The, uh, okay. Uh, not play, not played with it much, uh, but there's a uh, monochrome option as well. Okay, good good to know. I'd be interested to see what you think about that one. It'll actually, if you probably post anything on that, it'll be really able to share that as well. Uh, about a foot of snow yesterday in Buffalo. Wow. Okay. I... So here's the weird part about it. For people that live in Los Angeles, although we don't get snow, we really want to experience that, you know, waking up and having a foot of snow or something like that. Uh, but it's more about, you know, like it's weird. Like you you miss what you don't have and you don't have what you want to get. So it's one of those experiences. Like we never get true winters. It's always sunny. It's always maybe a little bit cloudy, very little rain. So it's it's a very weird experience. And when you say somebody having a, having a foot of snow in Buffalo, that, that, that could be obviously a lot of a lot of uh, impact into your entire day of how things are done. And I've gone to Colorado in, in the past where it's been snowing and where there is a foot of snow. And I see all of the different challenges. And, and specifically for me, because I don't live in the snow, it's hard for me to commute and understand how things work and all, all of that. But I appreciate it. And I hope you're doing well, man. Uh, and hopefully it, it gets better. Um, Golan Lavi saying, uh, listening to you in the cold weather and a little rain uh, while my while my uh, okay while my uh, jogging with a little uh, interest me. Uh, I would love to I would love for you to reference the Oppo Find X5 Pro Periscope on camera. Um, so the Oppo Find X4 Pro Periscope on camera is it's so right now what's going on with the Find X Pro, Pro the Find X5 Pro I keep wanting to say the Pro the four. Um, it's not, it's not only just the camera setup uh, overall. We're noticing that the camera setup, uh, at, at least on pictures, looks very similar to what we saw with the Find X3 Pro. It's also the uh, Mali, uh, the Mali Silicon X um, NPU that's going to be put together from uh, from Oppo on top of the Dimensity 9000, and that's going to be something. Uh, well, actually, take that back. Some of the some of the leaks are showing a little bit mixed uh, mixed conversation, but the new NPU is going to be performing providing us a unique experience that Oppo is promising to be making this camera system better than some of the other options we have on the market. So, periscope camera, I would probably say this. It's a function that I appreciate using when needed. I don't use it all the time. Um, in testing some of these devices, specifically on the P50 Pro, um, I appreciate having that. The S21 Ultra has that. Uh, and a lot of the P series in the past from, from Huawei has had that. Those are great cameras. Typically though, Periscope is great for bringing in subjects that are far. It doesn't give you the same quality of the picture as the main sensor as what we typically expect. So some of the great imagery that we get will always come out of your main sensor. Periscope is great to bring in, in subjects when you can't be close to them, but just keep in mind that the images are not going to be always at the same level. Because again, you are either zooming digitally or even if you're using optical, uh, uh, you know, optical uh, zoom, you're still not necessarily getting the same love as the main sensor. There's two purposes there. The ultra wide does similarly as well when you have to kind of do a little bit of correction on the uh, on the fringing all the way on the outside outer rim of the image. So those are things that we always kind of keep in mind. I'm I'm hopeful that what Oppo is bringing us bringing us in this experience in this experience although very different than the uh, OnePlus 10 Pro is a good quality uh, images, especially even on the if they do end up putting something like that in the system in there. Again, till we see the device, I typically Take everything with a with a grain of salt, uh, mostly because again, I mean, we're almost there. I'm pretty sure the the uh, you know the Find X5 Pro is not going to be too far along, and I'm hoping the OnePlus 10 Pro is also not that far along. I mean, it's been almost a month, um, you know, since it was originally launched in China, and still no word of where international. And everybody's just buying the phone because just nobody's hearing back from OnePlus. I'm assuming. Um, I would have loved to check it out, but I just don't feel 
like using a OnePlus 10 Pro from a Chinese version of it and, and making content on it is a functional video, especially when people are going to get a version of it. I did it for the Find N, and that was because the Find N is not coming anywhere else. Um, but I don't expect it, or I don't tell people like, oh yeah, go buy it now, it's gonna be in the store soon. Everybody that's covering it are making content on a phone or a variant of a phone that if they import it, won't get the same experience, you probably won't get 5G. Uh, and it also the ColorOS experience is not the same as it is on Oxygen OS. And it, there are main differences between the two. Similarities for sure, but main differences in functionality. Uh, the color theming option doesn't exist there. Uh, the uh, swipe up to bubble, like the floating window doesn't carry over. Uh, some of the options in the camera don't carry over. Hasselblad may be present on both. It's still an interesting approach. So I'm, I'm actually gonna hold up and, and wait till we get that one here in the US. Um, let me see here. I think I'm just, uh, <laughs> it's miserable. Okay. I think I may have been a little bit behind here. Uh, take it talking, uh, da, da, da. I saw the camera, Dominic, thank you very much. Happy Lunar New Year to everybody that celebrates it. And of course, um, you know, the, the funny thing I always say to people is, um, I, I don't know if you guys, th this is a little bit of a coincidence or not coincidence, but something that people should be aware. Um, Muslims in the world celebrate or at least follow the lunar cycle of the, uh, our years of the, the Islamic years are followed by the lunar cycle, similar to uh, the way the Chinese New Year. So even though in the Chinese calendar, it's starting a new year for Muslims, it's starting a new month in the, in the Islamic calendar. So it kind of works. Those are the few religions that follow or cultures uh, that follow the moon as opposed to the, uh, the sun with the Gregorian calendar and what we typically go by on a day to day basis as far as you know, January through December. That's typical the Gregorian calendar that everybody follows. And then you have all the other calendars that kind of go around. So the Chinese New Year is, uh, holds a very special spot in our in our family, as you can imagine. Uh, and of course, uh, every year we wait for it. And we always I always love getting our lysees. And my son definitely waits for those uh, patiently. Uh, Ahmed, uh, Ahmed Lais, uh, TK, happy to see you. Hope all the community is safe and sound. I appreciate it, Ahmed. I hope you're doing well. Oh, uh, man. Uh, Roger Bad. <laughs> Roger. Thank you, man. Thank you. So Roger and I, I don't know if you guys have caught it, uh, during the week, we, okay, so I'll say this. I've been, I've been working on my Fortnite game heavily. <laughs> I love Call of Duty. I love Modern Warfare. Um, all the different Call of Duty things. Uh, those are the typical games I like to play. And I, if I stream, those are the things I stream. So this week I jumped on, um, you know, Roger's stream. And I don't know why and what it was, but during the conversation, I installed and I updated Fortnite. And I've been playing with him and with, with Jermaine, concept creator, of course, we're during the week, a couple of games in there. And I'm actually going to say it, it got much better after I played it a few matches, especially with people and getting used to the hands and, and flying and swinging and all of that good stuff. It's a fun experience. It's different than Call of Duty. It's less, less stressful, not stressful, less serious than Call of Duty and a lot more fun, I feel like. Call of Duty, you, you have to kind of be like all over the place and it's very specific. Um, but yeah, thank you, thank you for Roger Bot uh, for hanging out and kicking it with us. So everybody, if uh, if you haven't uh, haven't checked check it out, make sure to give him a follow. Uh, great content cur curators there on uh, on Twitch, and he's actually hitting us up on Twitch, which is really cool because that's where we are hanging out. Um, we'll, uh, okay, so I think uh, Joe's responding back to Ibrahim uh, in there. Dominic Wong kicking it there. Donald Lozino, hey man, hope you hope you're doing well. Wishing uh, <laughs> wishing you and your family well. Thank you. Um, it has been an interesting week. It's been a busy week. Uh, and I was mentioning earlier today, uh, earlier in the video, it has been a very busy morning. I've been up since five, making, shooting the A-roll for both Arabic and English channel, editing the video, getting the thing ready, and I didn't have enough time to produce it. So 
Uh, please, if you guys have some time after the show is over, as we typically go for about an hour and a half, uh, make sure you check out the Reno 7 Pro 5G video. It's a little bit of a longer video, but I will make sure that there are chapters there for you to jump to the areas that you're specifically interested in. Um, and it's almost like pretty much everything you want to know about the Reno 7 Pro. I think that's the benefit here. Um, the device offers a lot of unique experiences, a very nice looking design on the back. And believe it or not, I'm actually really digging the light around the camera sensor. Uh, of all the things that they've added in here, and I know it may sound like it's a gimmicky thing, we don't have we don't have a notification LED light on this device, right? So if, essentially, if I want to get a notification, uh, Color OS and Oxygen OS have the horizon light, the, the lighting effect that goes on the edges of the phone. So it kind of lights up around the phone at the bottom. But for the most part, if your phone is down, you are not necessarily going to be able to see it because they're also not really very bright. It's lighting up the display. It's not LEDs. It's an actual light on the display, the AMOLED panel. But here, what they did is they went ahead and they installed, or at least they put in um, an interesting customization option here by putting an LED ring around the camera sensor. So where you typically have that nice little raised camera sensor where we all have like things going on now it actually serves a purpose and the case that you have on it because it's a, a see-through case permeates the light even more and it makes it more pronounced so you can have it on when you're charging you can have it for notifications for calls even when you're gaming you can have some nice little rgb on the back of the phone uh you know kind of have a breathing light effect so uh very much like an rog kind of or uh, red magic 6 kind of an experience but more specific to that area so i like it and i I'm really digging it. Let's just say that one. It, it's definitely one of the better options that I've seen in the before. Ash, um, I've been using the OnePlus 10 port import for almost two weeks now. I'm uh, I'm connected to 5G right now in EE in the UK. I haven't faced any serious problem, but there are a couple of things um, to keep in mind when importing. So my question for you as far as speed tests, though, um, Ash, have you done any speed test comparison between what a typical 5G modem or 5G enabled device gets and what you're getting as 5G? Because I, what I love to make sure is... 5G is a moniker, right? It's a it's a almost like a, a tick box that needs to turn on so the device shows it. So if you're registering 5G, I'm wondering how your speed tests are, and of course some of the concerns, uh, some of the other things uh, when you're bringing it in, other than the fact that it, you know, um, not just necessarily the Google Play services, although you can just install those very easily, uh, also the native apps, some of the apps that you typically want if they're in Chinese or not. Uh, but congrats, and like I said, nothing nothing against the 10 Pro Chinese edition. I just feel like if what I would love to be able to do is use the 10 Pro that was intended for the US so that when I'm recommending things and if I do hit up any hiccups, those are the type of hiccups that users in that market will use. So the, my my worry is, do we are, are we doing the, the device justice by importing it um, or are we are we providing people early access? And as long as we label it as early access content, I don't, really don't see an issue. At some point, the international ROM is going to be available and OnePlus devices are one of the easiest well, not say easiest. It's not. It's one of the more, um, one of the more customizable devices to this day, which you can probably end up flashing the international ROM over on the uh, Chinese mod. And of course, as long as you're getting 5G already, you're pretty much set. But at at some point, I, I would love to see how that kind of comes up around there. Uh, <laughs> Roger's saying you did awesome. I, you know, I did get better by day two. I'll say that. I I clocked in a few more matches before we played, and um, and I played a lot of solos. And for the most part, I wasn't really doing bad. I kept coming in like second and third, uh, so it's not super bad. I need to get better at building, and I need to get better at more of the close-up fighting. That was the weird part. See, with Call of Duty, you don't necessarily have a lot of close-up fighting unless you're playing um, 
team death, uh, deathmatch or something like that. There's then it's the more of effect of like face to face type of an experience. But with uh, with Fortnite, there's a lot of a lot of times I typically do a lot my a lot of my fighting at like a distance. And when we get closer, there's the whole jumping and bouncing and all of that that I need a little bit more practice on. But thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate it, Roger. Um, um, Assalamu alaikum, Hamid, Hamid, Ahlan, uh, Ahlan, Kifak. Hope you're doing well. Ah, ya Allah. Uh, I hope you have a good good afternoon, man. I uh, appreciate it, man. Um, oh, here. Um, my next big purchase will be either a Chromebook or a Galaxy Tab S S7 Plus or S8 Plus. I honestly would recommend. Um, realistically from a cost stand, a saving standpoint i honestly think the s7 plus is still a very capable tablet especially a year later it's running one ui 4.0 it has the s pen functionality it has a large display a really good decent sized battery it's not as big as the s8 plus but it still gives you some of the main benefits and if 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 the history proves us correctly there should be quite a bit of people selling their S7 Plus to be able to buy the S8 Plus anyways. So this may be something also for you to be able to capitalize on getting pretty decent hardware that is barely a year old that will be able to last you for a few more uh, few more years, especially if you need a tablet functionality. I use my S7 Plus literally every day, um, not necessarily for full fa tablet functionality, but mostly for, you know, I use it for when I record content. It's the controller for my camera. Uh, but I also use it also for uh, like scripting and reading off scripts when I'm actually in the middle of a show. So when I'm recording things, I always have my nice little scripts sitting on the side here. Very nice, very powerful tablet. And I'm pretty sure you'll be able to find some pretty decent deals there. Um, TK, the, uh, the LG v, uh, V60 UW, the Verizon variant of that, just got a software patch update for January 1st, 2022. Uh, these, these are still really strange. Um, I think that although the support may start to kind of windle off, I think at some point with Verizon, because it's a Verizon variant, the UW version of it, uh, what you end up getting there essentially is the delay or the release may be coming from Verizon, not necessarily from LG. So they may have a still a little bit of a different agreement there. Uh, that was one of the biggest things we always got whenever you get an unlocked model of a phone and you get a locked one. The unlocked gets serviced directly from the manufacturer, so Samsung or in this situation LG, but the locked variant usually get those updates pushed to them and they patch them and then they send them over to the phone. So the control is really more handed off to the carriers uh, than it is to the manufacturer. But that's good. At least we're still getting some support in, in 2022 for that phone. Um, <laughs> so I'm in from Morocco. Ahlan, when I love Maghrib. Uh, so Morocco is amazing, man. Uh, I wish I've, I've had a chance to get a chance to, uh, to visit there. Uh, welcome back, Greg. Hope you're doing good. And um, Golan, uh, Golan Love is saying, I asked you how how do you find uh, how do you find time to deal with everything? Your wife is probably very very comfortable. <laughs> comfortable. Um, it has been a challenge ever since I started doing YouTube. It's been always a challenge to find time to do what you want to do and how to do it the right way. Um, in the early years, when I for my first beginning of, uh, of YouTube, I used to wake up at four thirty in the morning. That was literally the only time. The last couple of years have changed things for me because we're working from home, so I don't necessarily have a commute that I typically have to spend um, in the, on the road that I couldn't do anything else with. But when I first started, I would literally wake up at 4.30. Um, I was always an early riser, so it's not like I, it was very special, but I used to wake up like 5, 5.30, and then I just moved it up a little bit. Uh, wake up, you know, get my normal kind of time and, you know, drink my coffee, sit down, catch up on some emails and so on. Um, and the reason why back then I used to start, it was because of, and this is going to sound a little bit interesting, but so for Salat, for, you know, for Ramadan and so on, we used to wake up, we wake up very early because we have to wake up very early in the morning. So 
the thing that came up with that is um, the uh, the time ended up becoming something that I had that was called quiet time. That was just me time. So my wife and my son were still asleep and our cats are very much in a sleep mode because they don't wake up till the sun comes up. So they don't really start bugging us till then. So I started shooting all of my content then. I would shoot my videos at the beginning and that morning and I would typically bring my laptop with me. So when I go to work, I would do my editing during my lunch hour and then typically post the video the next day. So that was my, my normal timeline and I didn't have as much of issues sustaining that. Um, during the day, on some situations, I, I do end up having to kind of like edit videos and so on when the, that's usually with family time. And my wife has honestly been a massive supporter, which is one of the biggest reasons why I'm even able to be here today to do what I'm doing. It's because of her support because she understands where I'm doing and where we are and what, what's going on with the channel. And it's, again, been over 10 years. Um, now I've kind of shifted a little bit different. I produce the content and I shoot it and I edit it and I typically try to do it before my day job time starts. So that's typically what I end up doing. And then if I have anything to do, I'll do that during my lunch hour. So it, it's a little bit of a look behind the scene of how things kind of get done. Um, I am, I have stepped back from having to do one video a day, which I was doing at one point, which helped me cross over the hundred thousand mark back in a few years ago. And now I'm trying to focus more on at least a couple of videos a week. Um, although I will want to talk actually be a little bit more about um, shorts. Shorts somehow are, I'll say this, I enjoy making short videos. I enjoy making content in that format. And the only reason I say this is because I've made so many now that it becomes very easy and methodically producing content like that makes very, very much a lot of sense to me. I feel like it's hurting my channel a lot more than I thought it was going to. And I need to kind of stop making shorts on the YouTube side. Um, I may end up making them still in the format of a short, but not necessarily making them as a short. And what I mean by this is, um, although they, they have a certain fan base and a lot of people like the content, they're a little digestible. I think unboxings, I probably were just going to keep them on Instagram from now on. And I think I need to kind of just focus the content on the main channel to be more um, specific content that you guys love watching on the channel, which is, I think, really what YouTube is for. Uh, but what I was trying to kind of circle back on saying is um, shorts don't generate um, and for the lack of a better term, they don't generate income at all. There's no monetization to shorts. So right now, the way YouTube does it, it's either they, they support certain creators that are creating a lot of shorts and their views get the millions and whatever. And other people that are creating shorts is just end up being nothing. So Instagram is definitely supporting creators. Um, Facebook, I think do, but TikTok as well. And I'm, I'm not big on TikTok. So for me, I think I'm going to have to separate things and we'll probably see less shorts on the channel, but more specific. Um, I want to say more lifestyles uh, videos on the channel. I want to kind of see at some point, maybe I want to step back a little bit from creating those 20 minute videos, or at least the format that they're in. Um, they're long content, they're basically long form, and it's my way of sharing everything about the phone because I'm looking at it as in, if you're looking to buy this phone, if you're looking to buy the Reno 7 Pro 5G, or if you're looking to the Note 11, 5, uh, the 11 Pro 5G, I need you to know everything that you need to know about it and what are some of the main quirks in there and what you can and cannot do. Most people that review these phones are focusing on a specific narrative that they want to uh, share with you, and that's not an issue. It's, that's their style of presentation. My style is more about content. If, it, like I said, if I was if I was to buy the P50 Pro, I want to watch content that shows me the settings tab. I want to see the content that shows me all the special features and customizations. I want to see how the audio performs. I want to see how the gaming performs, uh, the video performs, the cameras. All those things typically get mentioned in a video, but in a very specific manner. And I feel like my style is slightly different, but it is a long form style. So again. 
uh, it takes a long time. Let's, like I said, I woke up at 5.30 this morning, or 5, 5.30, and I was still editing the video till 9.30 and getting content ready, and I wasn't even done. That's how long it takes just for a straight, and that doesn't include the, uh, the, um, the A-roll and the B-roll stuff that I've done other days to get the content ready for today. This was purely the A-roll and B-roll from the top-down camera here in the studio. Sorry, long, long way of saying it's a lot of work <laughs> and I'm trying to, I'm trying to kind of normalize it and make sure how things kind of go. Um, Joe, th Joe says, I think you might be right. Uh, Jimmy and TK, the S7 plus might be a better buy for the price and the features. Honestly, there's not going to be that much more on the S8 plus, because again, it's a generational upgrade on the plus from the one to the other. Now the ultra is a different conversation. And I think that's something you want to keep in mind. I think that one's going more for size. If somebody wants to buy the S20, uh, sorry, the tab S8 ultra they're really trying to go for that more laptop size screen i mean this is already like an over 10 inch tablet to go that big it becomes literally a, like a small display that you're uh, watching on which may be you know the thing that you're looking for but that's going to be a thousand dollars or probably even a thousand pounds more uh and i think the sa plus will be more of the price point that a lot of people will want to go for uh, it may be nice to look at i think but it's not going to be the price that everybody's going to be able to jump into there uh who like food definitely uh, check out these <laughs> oh man thank you very much so yes uh simply food bay uh is uh, my wife's instagram account and yes an amazing cook uh one of the i mean seriously like i one of the many things i love about her but this is literally one of my favorite things is the fact that whatever she creates is just beautiful magic um, from the first, sorry, from the second date that her and I kind of got a chance to uh, hang out with you back like a long time ago, uh, she made me Cornish hens. And I still remember this because it was such an amazing dish. Um, to this day, it's been a blessing. And, and I'm finally happy that she's able to put and share some of that content uh, with the world um, as she creates so, many, so much magical and uh, super delicious things here in the family. Uh, and I'll say this, if you ever want to know what TK is having for lunch, you could just follow Mrs. Bay uh, and you'll definitely know exactly. So Simply Food Bay with a B-A-E, not a B-A-Y. Um, and you could definitely check out my, uh, my wife's content. It's, it's really, really nice. Um, and again, super, super delicious. I, I wish I can have everybody over for, for a meal, but trust me when I say it is good. It is very, very good. Uh, but thank you, Joe. Thank you for, uh, for checking it out and uh, sharing it. Hey, Chemi's in the chat. Everybody say hi to Chemi in there as well. Um, oh, <laughs> Roger, I, I think I'm a little bit behind on, cha on chat. Um, that's awesome, TK. My wife's very supportive too. Uh, I'm I'm four years into YouTube, and she's been amazing. As you know, though, um, I'm now I now have to basically the Twitch bug as well. Uh, you're done very well throughout the, all these years, and it's it's a challenge, man. But it is it's no different than any other discipline in life. When you want something bad enough, you'll find a way to do it, and that's typically the way I did it when I first started. It was it was at a, it was a, literally it was a fluke. I was watching content on XDA. So if you guys don't know, I started when I first started producing content. It was on XDA Developers YouTube channel, um, and I was watching one of their content creators. I think his name not I think his name is Adam, uh, and he put out a call. He's like, hey, if you're if you like tech, if you're a fan of XDA, and you'd like to be able to put content on our channel, please submit your request. And he gave an email address to be able to submit your request. And they took a chance on me. I was a little bit, I was very rough around the edges, the content, the, the perspective, the, the creation, the process, because uh, there's no class for me to learn from. This is all do it, kind of like a DI, on-the-job type of learning. And for me, that was the experience that it started. And I think that's where you notice that you like something. 
when you like that, when you like it so much that you want to do more, you get better over time. You ask the questions, you talk to people, you learn from people, you watch other creators, and you see how things are. Roger's biggest thing, that the beautiful, massive thing, I don't know if you, you guys even realize thing, is he actually built his entire studio. This is the weirdest thing. He actually has a very, like his origin story is super interesting in the sense of how he put together his thing. And now he's obviously able to do a lot more things, uh, you know, uh, especially with his Coldplay co uh, coverage that he's do, uh, doing in there. Uh, Jermaine posted something about that. Uh, all joking, uh, there was a little meme thing kind of going on, but he's great um content is really interesting and it's very engaging in the in the in the chat um and you get a chance to enjoy his stream so seriously um uh, not sponsored although the check-in is in the mail right roger um the uh, content is really really nice check him out roger about actually that's his tag uh the name here is his tag over on twitch uh so you'll be able to check out some of his gaming uh, and of course enjoy all the contact there uh hamid hamid uh, welcome back uh ahmed Amal Sahir uh, saying, uh, do you think MediaTek is going to jump in front of Qualcomm this year? So here's my prediction for this. I think MediaTek is going to give Qualcomm its run for its money. And that's the fact because of what they're doing right now. Specifically, and I'll be very specific to the mobile SoC, and I'm talking about the Dimensity 9000 and the um, basically the Qualcomm 8, uh, 8 Gen 1. Because once we start talking about other factors, other areas of the uh, of uh, the business, because Qualcomm isn't just making mobile SOCs, their business is not making the 888 or the 8 Gen 1. That's not all of it. Although a big part of it, it's not all of it. They make mobile processors for other things. Like I said, with the G3X, we saw with the um, the S S um, um, the 8CX uh, that we saw there as well with mobile computing. Uh, mobile gaming is what they're also jumping into. They're also trying to jump into car manufacturers SOC. So they're going to be in many, in many different areas and in, in flourishing in those markets. Where MediaTek, although not necessarily competing with them on that same, uh, on that same platform, the 8 Gen 1 and the Dimensity 9000 are going to are going to definitely be head to head. We still need to see though how many companies are going to start using Dimensity. This is where the challenge is. It's not that the Dimensity can't perform. It's me really seeing what companies are going to use it. And to my understanding, I remember there was a, an announcement or some kind of a, an article written speaking that um, you know Media Ten, uh, sorry, uh, Oppo was supposed to be using the Dimensity Nine Thousand on the Find X Five Pro. So that was been that would have been a massive jump there for a mass you know for a, a big OEM to use Dimensity 9000. They've used the 1200, absolutely, 1200 max right here. They've used Dimensity 1200, the 1100 before, and these are champs, there's no question. You wouldn't be able to tell realistically the difference between a 1200 uh, max and a 765G without, with the with the exception of a few things, I'll say this. There's 4K60 on the, on the Qualcomm side, but I'm talking about the other functionalities, 5G connectivity, uh, fast processing, um, great amount of ram storage configuration uh device support uh you know updates and so on there's very few things you can put them uh comparison there but mediatek's route into homes has been sorry um into smart technology smart home technologies uh amazon is one of their biggest things they're in tvs 90 percent um, uh, of tvs sold smart tvs are powered by a mediatek processor so this is where mediatek kind of jumps in and i don't think qualcomm's even trying to play in that game so keep in mind the bigger picture but when it comes down to processors absolutely they're going to give qualcomm a run for their money i'm hoping though with that much competition even with the exynos 2200 that we're going to start seeing some improvements into the soc as opposed to just keep pushing more power hungry processors uh to 
pull a lot more power from their batteries and of course generate more heat on devices so that's what i'm looking for i want to see better optimizations and i feel like mediatek because they have partnership with better comp with other companies that they've worked with before they're able to even leverage LPDDR5X uh, RAM uh, configuration or memory on their system, where uh, Qualcomm's not even able to use that. They're they're using LPDDR5. Both are very fast, but still nice to hear some experiences there where certain things can definitely be a little bit more beneficial. So I, I'm with you with the benefit with the MediaTek conversation. I think it's a little early to call. I think 2022 is going to be the groundwork for where we see the first Dimensity 9000. Next year, we'll probably see even an upgrade to that and see how that improves and works on our for, for everybody. But I think that's the biggest conversation. What can competition produce? And I'm hoping at the end of the day, it's better solutions and better options for us, the consumer. So we'll have to see how that goes. Finn, hey man, hope you're doing well. Glad you made it to the show. Uh, sorry everybody was late. Nope, man, it's it's Saturday morning. It's February. We're still cool. It's 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 going to be crazy February. That's how I'm going to dub it. But it's going to be interesting. I think I understand Samsung say okay. So so um, Hamid is talking a little bit about the uh, Note 22 and the Note 20 uh, and where we get into the Note 24. So we're a few days. Okay, that's a good good segue for us. Thank you, Hamid. Um, February 9th, next Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken, is the unpacked event from Samsung. Uh, and there's very little that we don't know about what's going on with the S22 series of devices, or the way, as I like to call it, the S22, the S22 Plus, and the S22 Note uh, Ultra, because that's realistically what this is. This is a note in the shape of an S22 series. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about the the how I feel about the whole experiment of what they're doing and shifting and bringing a note into the S series. That's a different conversation. But at least some of the main specifications that we're looking, we're looking at a very much sta standard setup of what we saw with the S21 Ultra, um, more focus on the telephoto, a higher megapixel sensor on the main sensor in there, of course, and, and an ultra ride to so a decent experience and a 40 megapixel sensor on the front. Um, the smaller of the two are going to carry very similar experiences, 1080p, 120 hertz refresh rate, uh, 4,500 milliampere batteries, slightly smaller, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'm reading some of the comments I, uh, from the Sam Mobile uh, as far as the specifications. I don't want to misquote, uh, but they're quoting a 3,700 milliampere battery on the S22, a 45 on the S22 Plus, and a 5,000, which is what we'd expect. The fact that here's the, the, the thing that's going on. If you're thinking about picking it up, if you're considering getting an S22 series this year, I highly recommend you before the start, before the thing starts up, register to um, get that early uh, that that fifty dollar extra credit that you're able to get from them. It's it's it doesn't hurt you to do anything. It doesn't change anything. The only thing that it does it, it just on the day that it, it gets announced, if you feel compelled to buy it, you have that fifty dollar per uh, extra credit. And if you don't, you could just disregard it. And nothing happens, and you know there's no purchase or anything. This is purely an interest of thing. Um, the main benefit of what we're seeing now is they're calling it a breaking of the rule. And the reality, it's they're breaking their own rule by changing the S series to the Note. How is that going to be perceived and how people are going to be appreciative? I'm going to hold my reserve. I'm going to reserve my, my comment on this, obviously, till I get the device in my hand. But I can tell you that having a Note is exciting and it's nice. But I typically buy the S series and I use the S series more than I use the Note series. My wife is going to be very happy because I think she's going to be getting the Note 22 Ultra as opposed to where I am because she's missing out from last year. We didn't get a Note 21 Ultra. So it's a little bit of a kind of a give and take. And, and Juan and I were talking about that before. Is the Note 22, oh, sorry, the S22 Ultra a good upgrade for the Note 20 Ultra, uh, the people that purchased those a couple of years ago? Sorry, uh, <laughs> notifications because that's how life is. 
Uh, so we'll, we'll have to see how that kind of goes in there. The 45 watt charging, the faster charging, a lot of different things kind of coming up there. Uh, but I'm, I'm hoping that we find out later on what's going to happen. Did they, so did they cancel the Note series or I hate to, this would be really funny if Samsung does this. If they, no, they wouldn't call it because you can't make an S into a Note. And Okay, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of like maybe they switched it. They want to call the Note the S and the S the Note and like, no, whatever. When I said it, when, when the words came out of my mouth, it, it, it was like, uh, TK, doesn't no, that doesn't make sense. Uh, let me see here. I'm a little bit behind there. Um, the cold plane. <laughs> Roger. Yeah, sorry. No, sorry. Jermaine hammered that into everybody, even on the Discord chat, just trying to kick it up there. So yeah, for, for sure, if you haven't seen it, check out Roger's uh, Instagram as well, not Instagram, Twitter account, as well as Concept Creators. You'll definitely be appreciated there. <laughs> See, look at that. He's even hitting us up on both sides. Life of Tech on here. So Life of Tech UK is his channel on the YouTube side. And uh, of course, RogerBot is on his Twitch account. So both both the same thing. It's Roger on both sides, uh, kicking it with us and hanging out with us here. Thank you, <laughs> oh, man, kicking it with us all the way. Uh, let me see here. Okay. Um, it's Roger, I agree. That's to you, Bill. It's probably... No, it's crazy. Like, seriously, of all the things that people have done, like I... When, when we moved into the studio... Okay, when we moved into this house... 10 plus years ago, um, I had in my mind the vision of what this studio should look like. And I kind of have it almost where it is. Still needs a little bit of work, but it's very different than saying you're building your own studio on your own in the backyard and getting everything set up. And he's connected via Starlink, via 4G. There's a whole bunch of things. I mean, seriously, using mobile tech and making tech work for you is the way Roger's been doing it. And that, that's one of the biggest things. Uh, and one, again, it's a very fun guy to hang out with. Um, Finn's jumping us here. Uh, do you think there will be two separate Samsung Ultra devices? One with built-in uh, S Pen and one without? Uh, or is it just going to be one with the S Pen? So from the leaks and from the video that we saw from Samsung, they're indicating is that they're combining the S and the Note. That's the breakage of the rule. I still have it in the back of my mind, a feel that we may get an, S, an actual, like a second S21 Ultra, or maybe they'll call it the S21 Plus Pro. I don't know. It may come back, come out later in the year. I don't think they killed the, S, uh, the, the higher end S series. The reality though, Samsung's facing a very challenging year because, and not just this year, a few years. I'm only speaking specifically to the S series and the Note series. Both of their flagship smartphones have been losing sales year over year. People are not interested in buying devices that are $1,000 plus. And every time a phone comes out, it either goes up in price or there's some compromises and some things. And there's also some conversation saying that the UK, not the UK, the European version of the S22 Ultra is going to be released with 8 gigs of RAM, but it's still at the same price for some reason. So... What what is it that can what is it that Samsung can do with a, a, a legacy of devices? The S series I remember back when they were seven hundred and eight hundred dollars, and that used to be expensive. Now, um, even with with installment plans, just for reference here in the U.S., let's say T-Mobile, if I wanted to get the S twenty two when it came out, uh, the S twenty one Ultra, the S twenty one last year, it was a thousand dollar phone. Or in at launch, it was a little bit less. And that was the only phone I can get it without any money down, meaning a deposit on the phone when I was picking it up, even when I was making installment payments. The S22 Plus and the S22 Ultra required a two to $300 deposit that goes towards the price, but you have to fork off that much money at the beginning. 
as prices keep going higher, people going into stores to buy, even to finance, are not going to be putting that much money down on those. The Note series is no exception, exactly the same situation. Their prices are always up. Typically, we only have two variants of that. So Samsung took that approach and they said, look, we have a decent number of people that like to buy our notes and we have a decent amount of people that buy our S series. They're not great numbers, but if you put them together, maybe we can make it work better. And I think this is what happened. The shortage or the chip shortage last year gave them an, a, an indication or a reason for them to not release a note. And it didn't really hurt. They have obviously the flip that was going to be carrying them for the end of the year, and they're doing really good. The Z Flip 3 5G is definitely performing much better than some of their other devices. So what they're doing this year is combining those two, but they gave the, uh, the hand over to one of the features. They gave us the S Pen to the people that didn't want S Pens. And now the people that want the Ultra, they're not going to be able to get an Ultra like they used to get because that doesn't exist anymore. The S22 Ultra is really a Note 22 Ultra. So we have to kind of look at it and see how things are going to be. And I, I really feel, I don't think Samsung really is trying to, I'm sorry, I think Samsung's hoping for everybody gets happy, everybody buys, and numbers going to look great. They're going to be able to say our S, our S series are selling more than ever. I think what's going to end up happening is realistically, the Note series of fans are going to be very happy. They finally got their Note and they're really happy with that. The S series of followers are going to be happy the fact that they have a 5,000 milliampere on a Note. They're going to be happy that we have the 45 watt charging back, the camera system that we've enjoyed before, but they're not going to necessarily be enjoying the sharper look of the phone as well as the S Pen that they typically don't use. And they may be feeling like they're paying more money for an S Pen that they didn't really need and they could have saved some money there. This is where the, the dilemma comes in between the two. For me, honestly, I think it's it's going to be an interesting approach, but I'm more than likely going to be giving that to my wife, and I may end up just keeping the S21 Ultra for an extra year because I don't really think that it's really much of an upgrade over the S21 Ultra. The charging speed is great, and I think it's a great feature, but the reality of the matter is we don't have a SD card. We don't have Max Stripe. A faster charging rate to, and pay that much more money on a phone like that. I would much rather pay the difference between a Note 20 Ultra and an S23, an S22 Ultra, and get the benefit of having a massive upgrade for my wife. And I think that will be the better solution for me. So we'll see how that goes. I know it's a long, long way of answering it, um, but I really like. So I'll, I really like Samsung as a uh, as a company from what they do, what the innovations that they provide. Uh, I use and I've been using their monitors for years. I even just recently, when my top monitor broke, I bought uh, an, uh, a Samsung Odyssey um, G7 monitor. That's how much I like the the monitors that I get from Samsung. Not the best build quality, but definitely some of the best experiences. And for gaming, second to none. So when it comes to mobile devices, I was a big advocate for them. I was so excited when I was at the S10 Plus launch event. Uh, I was really excited with the S22 Ultra or the S20 Ultra because I felt like it was a really big upgrade. Um, but then for some reason, after the S20 uh, series, it's been a little bit here a compromise, here there compromise. So I want to see what they do. And I'm really hoping for a big, oh, by the way, we brought this back conversation. Uh, but I'm, I'm not holding my breath on that. We'll have to see how they make that. Sebastian Lobos is saying um, they could make the Fold series, the new Note series, once the, uh, once the inner display screen gets better. That's a little bit of a here and there, right? The problem with the Note, uh, with the uh, sorry, with the Z Fold uh, concerns is not that it's not a functional Note. I agree, it's much better to have a bigger canvas to use the the, the S Pen, and I feel like that you're right. The display does need a little bit more love. But when I look at it, when I see the Note, and when I see um, uh, Fold series, the Note has 
the, the benefit of the Note is the fact that it's not super thick. The, the Fold is still a very thick device, and it also runs close to still to $2,000, which is about five to $600 uh, over the best version of the uh, of what we're gonna see with the S22 Ultra, which is which they're still predicting to somewhere between the 15 and $1,600. That's a lot of money, but I feel like, yeah, there may be a situation there, but if they call that in the Note, they're gonna have a massive backlash from people that are like, this is not a Note, this is a foldable that supports an S Pen. And it's a great function, but again, to get the to get the Z Fold three with the S Pen or even uh, just getting it with a let's say the S Pen Pro in a case, you're close to like twenty one, twenty two hundred bucks, and that's a lot of money for somebody looking just to use Note functionality. So we'll we'll have to see. It, it's a little bit of a I, I mean, I felt like the uh, the Z Fold three was the Note of twenty twenty one. That is a true statement. I don't know how we're gonna see how it goes this year. Um, Jimmy Fire Dragon, yep, yep, sincerely, uh, sincere, sorry. Yes, especially since they're going to be removing so many uh, things from the S21 series. Uh, I will be very certain to be moving over to Pixel, to Oppo, or some of the other comp uh, companies next January. It is becoming very compelling. Like, I'll say this. Ever since I got the Vivo X70 Pro Plus, I have not taken pictures with the S21 Ultra. I typically, like, there are certain things that I love to do, and I use the S22, uh, S21 Ultra camera because it does perform well in certain experiences. But realistically, ever since I got the Vivo and now with uh, the P50 Pro, I haven't been taking pictures with the S21 Ultra. And it's weird saying that because I'm enjoying the content that I'm able to produce from those other cameras so much more, and it's so much more functional for me. I'm not saying it's we'll have to be we'll have to say we'll have to talk a little bit more once we have the device but the reality of what we're seeing right now Samsung is experimenting and they're experimenting with us and we're end up having to pay more money for things that they just don't want to they used to give us for free and now they just want to make money because they're like let's take a page out of Apple's book it's just literally what it is we take out the charger we're charging them 30 to 40 bucks for the 45 watt charger keep in mind they're giving you the faster charging but it's not included in the box uh, there's no headphone jack. There's no support for SD card support. No Mac stripe. Again, slow little features, things like that, that I feel like we need to have back. Uh, we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, Samsung Astro Ultra Plus, the longest name. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I think every company is going. Uh, <laughs> I like that one. Haven't had like the S. Sorry, so Samsung Galaxy S22 Note Ultra Plus. That could be a, you know what? That could be the device. That could be the one that comes out later in the year. And if they do come that, I think we're just going to go straight with an acronym. We're just going to say the Note Plus, the the, the Note Plus 22. Um, uh, man, it's total for each 3,000. Uh, da, da, da. Uh, Russ is in there. Hey, TK, hope you're doing well. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. Happy, happy to have you with us here in the chat. Uh, man, let's see how things are going here. Da, da, da. Russ, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Okay. Okay, we'll take a quick sip here, kind of get us back on track. <laughs> Fire Dragon is non-verbal. Non um, so we'll say this. Um, the Note 11, uh, sorry, so uh, Redmi did ship out to me both devices, the Note 11 and the Note 11 Pro 5G. One thing I'll say that the Note 11 Pro 5G has a very, very different build quality, like series... Like if you had to kind of look at it, some of the best options, they're all considered budget-friendly devices, keep in mind. At, at their base starting price, I think if I'm not mistaken, it was $179, and at their most, it was $279. 
And this seriously is giving us some really crazy, very nice materials to work with. 108 megapixel sensor cameras uh, there, stereo speakers with dedicated speaker grills, um, a large display here with Android 11 running with uh, MIUI 13. Uh, we definitely have a flat profile. It's very much, it's kind of weird actually, now that I'm mentioning it, um, both the Redmi Note, the, the Xiaomi Redmi Note 11 Pro uh, 5G and uh, here with the uh, Reno 7 Pro 5G, they're all going for the flat surfaces now. It's weird. Like we, we're going more flat surface experience. Uh, and one thing I will say, IR blaster, stereo speakers, and uh, NFC support. And the fingerprint sensors on the side. Uh, hold on, let me just unlock it. It's been a day. Um, again, there's very little to, to, to even mention on, on this one. So let's see if we can get this thing into focusing. Uh, yeah, let's lock it, unlock. And uh, of course, putting in some of that Dragon Ball love in there. Uh, very hard to complain, very hard to kind of even uh, criticize this device. It's great if priced at the right level, provides us a lot of good features. It's a 1080p resolution experience across, I think if I'm not mistaken, on the cameras. And that's mostly limited by the processor. It's the Snapdragon 690. Um, 690 or 695, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, so 1080p on both the front-facing and the back-facing sensor. It's, it's not necessarily going to be super high performance but for the price, seriously, a device that you can easily use for quite some time. Uh, Redmi is literally, they did the same thing last year. Um, I don't think somebody having a, a, somebody that's using the Redmi Note 10 should be considering upgrading to the Note 11, but maybe somebody on the Note 9, uh, if they're wanting to, uh, you know, get a better refresh and an update for, uh, on the software and so on. I think this is definitely going to be a great performer. Uh, and some of the main benefits there obviously is the price point. The feature set per price is crazy. Like seriously, you're getting that many features and you're paying this much. That's that's the Redmi moniker and they're sticking to it. Uh, so this is uh, why I love uh, seeing some of those experiences there. Uh, okay, here, Finn. Um, so the Samsung Galaxy Note 22 5G McLaren Edition Concept 1T Mobile. Oh, my God. Okay, okay, okay. The winner is Finn. I'm going to have to say I, I would definitely love to rock a Samsung Galaxy Note S22 5G McLaren Edition Concept 1 T-Mobile on T-Mobile. Oh, my God. You're killing me today, man. Um, so, uh, okay. So, uh, Hamid Habs is asking an interesting question. Why does Samsung not, sorry, why does Sony not use the Pixel interface? Um, in 2022, or in, at least at the end of 2021, Google did a shift, okay? We'll say this to start, that it's never been truly stock Android running on Pixel. Stock Android is referred to as AOSP. It's the stock version of the Android operating system that is released and that OEMs use to base their version of Android, basically put their skin, their customizations, however minor they may be, they put those on top of their device. So Google always released uh, a Pixel experience on their smartphones, and for the most part, it was the most close, well, it was the closest to stock that we've seen. And it's been dubbed stock Android for the longest time because everybody says, I love the stock experience on Google's devices. So Google in 2021 released Material U with Android 12. So the Material U now is very much like the one UI of pixels. It's the Oppo Color OS, the Oxygen OS, the FunTouch OS, the MIUI, all the different OEM skin names. But this one is for Google. It's called Material U. A lot of the customizations built into Material U are built for Pixel smartphones. Sony cannot use everything that's built in there, specifically the theme engine, uh, because that was designed specifically do for Pixel devices and Google is not licensing it out. So this is the, the big thing. It's like saying I want a, um, a One UI interface, but I want it running on an LG. 
very different and very different companies. Now, the implementation of Android 12 on Sony devices right now is very close to the stock experience without the material U functionality. So we get, we get the we get the nice look, uh, the icon theme, uh, the buttons at the top. We get the menu system. Uh, we don't get the theme engine, but we definitely get some of those optimizations. So in the early access that I have with the beta, I pushed out a, a quick reel, a quick short on that one. It's very simple. It's very easy to use. And uh, it's going to look really nice. And it's going to be still providing us a very fast, smooth experience on a Pixel on a Sony device, but they can't use it. They're still going to give you the closest to that stock experience. But again, there's always that little bit of give and take. So to, to answer the question is, we're probably going to see more devices have launchers that use or are similar looking to Google, but we're also going to see a lot of companies stick to the more uh, conventional version of their uh, of their launcher. Like an example would be here. Um, this is still running Android 11. So is this one. They're, they're both running their latest version of their company's OEM skins on top of Android 11. Android 12 brings certain features. Oppo has a color picker, uh, has a color customization theme engine that's built into their devices, and hopefully we'll get that uh, on the Reno line. It's going to be coming, obviously, with the, Reno, the Find X5 Pro. It's already on the Find X3 Pro. So... Um, it's something to keep appreciate and understand. And this is obviously very different than ROMing. If you're able to, you know, get a custom ROM that does some of those things, that's going to be a little bit different. So we'll have to see how that goes. But I love the question. It's a very good question there as well. Um, oh my God. Finn's just hitting us with another one. The Samsung Galaxy Note Ultra 5G McLaren Edition Concept One Verizon Wireless. <laughs> oh my God. For that one, I'll probably change it to VZ at the end. Um, Oh, so Dominic saying this Snapdragon 6.9, that's a pretty uh, that's pretty slow. Redmi is known uh, for pretty good value. So it isn't the fastest. It is by no means the fastest. On Android 11 with MIUI 13, it still runs very good. Uh, it has enough of a pickup to, to do all of the daily stuff. But again, you're not buying this for the performance. You're buying this for the budget and the features that it offers. Large 5,000 milliampere battery, 33 watt charger. Actually, I take that back. 65 watt charger, uh, if I'm not mistaken on this one. The, the Pro Plus, uh, the Pro 5G actually does feature the faster charging uh, of all of the different ones. So I take that back because I was like confusing the two. Yeah, 67 watt charging. I was not even 65. So it's a 5,000 milliampere, 67 watt charging uh, capability. And of course, the brake is in the box. Um, and then, of course, you get the large 120 hertz refresh rate uh, and a battery that supposedly that will last you for quite some time. So when you're looking at them in that aspect and you're only paying so little for it, it's hard to mess with it. It's hard to, to say something bad about it. And it is something to be enjoyed. So if you're looking for something at a budget, the Redmi line is very nice. And I'm loving the fact that, again, the pricing is very affordable and you're able to have a pick from one of four different devices. The 11, which just starts at 179 with 64 gigs, but you have SD card support, you have IR support. Um, and of course, you get the 11S, the 11 Pro and the 11 Pro 5G. All of them giving you different experiences. And if I'm not mistaken, I think one confirmed with, me, with us on Thursday. The 11S runs a Dimensity. It's a Dimensity 960 or 920 processor. So it's a Dimensity. Not all of them are running Snapdragon. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, <laughs> Devin David. Who's looking forward to paying more, uh, paying more for less with Samsung? It's usually the other way around as consumers. Uh, it is going to be an interesting approach. And um, honestly, I, am, I, I don't know... I don't know if I would recommend paying more for less. And I, I'm trying to find the silver lining of what version of the S22 will make more sense. I know that the S21 FE did not make sense when it came out. It's a great device for the, if it was at the right price and it was released at the right time. 
releasing it literally less than a month before the S22 series, where people are going to just overshadow it. It was more about having stock and they just wanted to get rid of it. And I feel like that's what Samsung was doing. And I think more, almost nobody's going to be talking about the S21 FE anymore. And if you, anybody refers to it or compares to it, it's purely because they already have the phone. But I don't think people are going to be considering it because the reality is it's, it's just association, right? It's overpriced for what it offers. And when you compare that, that it's going to be a little bit more and you're able to get an S22, people are more than likely going to go into a, uh, like a, a T-Mobile, an AT&T or a Verizon store, and they'll probably just get the S22. They'll be like, I want to get the brand new model. Why would I want to get, you know, because it says S21, they'll think it's last year's model and it is based on it, but it was just released. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, but yeah, Devin, I'm, I'm with you. It's going to be a conversation to start for sure. Michael Peppertech. Hey, man, hope you're doing well. Um, that notification light around the uh, around the camera is probably one of the coolest features I've ever seen on an Oppo Reno 7 Pro. Uh, the blue makes it uh, makes it makes me wish um, it was available on in the U.S. just for that color alone. Uh, absolutely, and and it's one of those things that you like. It's weird. I, I like RGBs. Don't get me wrong. I have RGBs everywhere. Um, and I don't know why the lights went out, but they were there at the beginning of the show. Uh, but the uh, the RGB functionality is always nice and as an accent, you're able to turn it on, you're able to customize it. Having that there sitting there on gaming phones make perfect sense. Very few companies have the prowess of what Oppo has, which they love to experiment. Um, I remember the Reno line being, again, the Reno 10X Zoom was the way I got, and that's not true. I it was There was the Reno 10X Zoom, there was the Reno 6, there was a whole bunch of different versions of Renos that came out. But as time goes on, the Reno 6 Pro 5G is really shifting into it. And the color that we get on this phone, the color shift, which is very, oh my God, this is so nice. Um, I will say though, make sure you use the case that they provide you so you can get the best experience because you want to be able to get that that shift there. So let's see, can we get it? Yeah, so here, so you can see as I'm changing, as I'm tilting it, unless I get, get the color on it, you can see that little orange uh, hue that comes at the bottom carries over at the top and if somebody has me on uh, on um, Instagram like if they can just hit me up with a comment or something just I want to get the light to turn on because I don't think I have I've seen any notifications come up but it comes up whenever a notification is in that so if anybody here is um, that I like Greg if you want to be able to drop me a comment right there on my Instagram uh, it'll light up here on the on the phone so we'll be able to get a chance to see that there uh, but yeah I, I really wished uh, it does work in the US ask and you shall receive and here you go here you go hold on let's see can we get it and you see see the light the case makes it so much more uh so more much uh, functional there so i'll give it a second a little bit more you could see that it just it literally emanates through so thank you um i want to say uh <laughs> thank you finn i appreciate it always always love it i just, like i barely even said the word and boom the notification hit uh, and it really works very nicely, I, I have to say. And uh, you can customize it all around. Uh, gotta love it when uh, when your Wi-Fi suddenly goes away. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, gotta gotta love how the internet kind of works. There are some days that I'm having great connections, and there are some days that it just is just not having it. Technical problems galore. Um, TK, earlier today I rewatched your video from the Whitestone Dome Glass for the OnePlus Seven Pro. Do you think it fits the D brand uh, grip case? Uh, the Whitestone, uh, the D brand grip case. Uh, you know what, Finn? I have to double check and see how the uh, the the um, 
the actual circumferences on the top if it doesn't protrude too much into the end into the display it should be fine dome glass is very good to work with case per, uh, case providers the only thing i always say is this is if there's ever been a misalignment when you were installing the glass at the beginning, meaning it didn't really perfectly stay as it's supposed to be with the frame. And that happened to me one time, I think it was on my wife's Note 22 Ultra, where my installation ended up becoming a little bit shifted down and it kind of bumps on the bottom of the case. It should be perfectly fine. It gives enough of a clearance on the outer side that it should not be an issue. If you do have, uh, if you're pretty confident with that one, I think the grip case should be pretty decent for that. Uh, most cases, that uh, most, uh, glass protectors are very case friendly and Whitestone always does that. It always allows for the uh, for the little bit of space on the outer rim uh, to allow you to use any type of case that you're using. And because it's a full adhesive, it sits straight on the display. And I'm, ass I'm assuming you've had that on for some time. Um, or if you're thinking about getting it, uh, it shouldn't be, it should have any any problem with any kind of little bit of pushing on it from any case. It should still be pretty good. It won't peel it. That's what I'm trying to say. The adhesive is actually very strong as as long as you've had it for some time i think that's one of those things um i like i like working on lg uh on lgs for repair very very straightforward uh, it, you know what it, it's hard very few people are comfortable opening up their devices um the last phone i want to say i opened up was the rg phone 2 and then before that i used to open up and fix uh, my oneplus devices because i've had it in the past where i've damaged part of the phone and i want to just basically replace it or if i've cracked the display like the rog uh, some of us are comfortable and I look at, at, at some devices that I have, if they're out of warranty and the reality of the matter is either A, I fixed the phone or B, it's already a broken phone. So it's not like I can make it any worse. Why not experiment? Why not open it up and try to make a, you know, bring, bring it back to life. And the ROG phone two lasted for at least another year or so with that, that I think was like 60 or $80 uh, hardware repair. It did take me a couple of hours to do it. But it was worth it. So absolutely, LG. Uh, as long as you're comfortable with that, man, I appreciate it, and, and it's always going to be fun to do. Um, Davin, jumping back. Um, hey, TK. I'm telling you, Samsung is going to make the S21 FE look. <laughs> S21 FE looks good this week with the S22 series prices. I would not be surprised. I'm imagining a jump. It's basically a cliff dive of price point on the S21 FEs, and you're going to be able to buy them as if they're going on a fire sale. Um, I'll be very interested to see if Samsung talks about the S21 FE on stage, seeing that they're going to basically make an announcement and talk about it. Will they co-brand to try to sell off whatever uh, that remainder stock of S21 FEs that they're not able to, that they haven't moved yet? Uh, because like I said, they have stock and they're trying to move it. The, the only thing they could do is make a public uh, announcement about it. What they did with the, with the announcement during CES was a very kind of like, oh, by the way, kind of a thing. And it's part of CES and we're going to talk about it. And they had the phones. But right now, nobody's talking about them anymore. It's, you know what I mean? It's everybody's just literally waiting for the S22, which is what we anticipated. But we'll see. Uh, Dominic is jumping back with uh, TK. Samsung needs to drop the price of the S21 FE. Otherwise, uh, it won't sell, honestly. Absolutely. It, it's pretty much what, what the story is around it. The phone itself is a solid device. It performs well. Um, it's, again, a little bit late at the launch, uh, launch event of it or when it was released. But the reality is it's priced. It, that's really what it's holding us back right now. It's Can you really justify a, $699, a $699 price tag on an S21 FE where in reality, it's still using last year's tech. It would have made sense maybe at the end of the year, holiday time, where there may have been some more benefits or uh, offers. 
but it's hard to justify just to get that and 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 again it's not really living up to some of the expectations that you get from an s21 from 2021 so we'll have to see but um seriously keep an eye out for that i think samsung's going to be selling them like hotcakes very very soon like within the next few days uh may even start before the before the actual announcement uh and we'll, we'll see how that goes uh <laughs> thank you finn sorry i just saw the note yeah i appreciate that uh always always uh connection issues law always uh Dominic, what a beautiful finish, man. Thank you. <laughs> it is. It is amazing. The the design, the color, uh, the customization. And seriously, I love the... And I almost like feel like I don't want to respond to notification just because I want to see the notification light turn on. Let's see. Let's get it on one more time. Here you go. You see how that... It does that... Uh, the case absorbs some of the color, uh, the, the light, and it permeates it around the ring, and it looks brighter and has even a better effect than when you don't have it on a case. And typically, that's not the the again pun intended. That's not the case. When you add a case to a phone, you lose the appeal. This is making it stay very, very nicely. Um, so Russ is jumping back in real quick. We'll take a sip. Hmm. TK. Um, is the eight gig of RAM enough? Uh, eight, 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 gigabyte, eight gigabytes of RAM enough for the Tab S8 as a plus? Um, only the Ultra will have 16 gigs of RAM. So it, it's really going to depend on what you're using. Realistically, eight gigs should be more than enough. One UI 4.0 is not a, uh, a very power hungry or very power demanding uh, device. And actually, speaking of which, I do want to say this. Let me double check real quick and and make sure which one have I been using because I've been using. So here, I, when I say I'm using it, I typically that's the S7 Plus. And let's go ahead and unlock. La la And and if I'm not mistaken, I want to say I have the eight gig model. So here, display, ta -ta -ta, location, biometric security. Where is that other option? Wallpaper, home screen. Ta -ta -ta, why am I not getting it here? Software, oh here, battery and app care device, two gigs. I'm running six and it's been working great. Dude, eight gigs, more than enough. Uh, the way the Samsung tablet has been working now, don't get me wrong, I don't game on this um, as much as I did at the, for, at the beginning when I first purchased it, but for watching content, creating, running multiple apps, running my monitoring app, checking notification and watching um, you know, some movies on it every once in a while, absolutely the best. Six gigs is more than enough in what we get there, and this is running on UI 4 with the update. So eight, I would not even, uh, I wouldn't sweat it and I wouldn't even uh, bark at it. You have to keep in mind, there are going to be very few situations, very few scenarios where eight gigs of RAM will make more sense. If I was producing content off of my S8 Plus, uh, S7 Plus, uh, and I'm basically editing and producing content straight from it, I would I would probably maybe have a little bit of an issue, and I would say I want to go more. But being that this is the six gig model, and where everything that I've been doing with it, it runs very nice and very smoothly. There's no reason that you would need it. If you're looking to buy it to game, like mobile gaming. I personally would recommend you getting something a little bit more on a small on a on a on a smart scale, like you know, on a smartphone type of an experience. Tablets, by definitions, are bigger and not as portable. We don't typically take them with us everywhere we go, like we take our smartphones. So keep that there, and leverage the fact that this runs Dex, this runs a full version of One UI 4.0, and all of the optimizations that you got, and it has the magnetic clamp on the back for the S Pen, right there. Again, I, I, I don't disagree. And then what I like about this uh, this cover, by the way, is that you could take the S Pen, and if you don't want to have it sit in the back, there's a little bit of a, uh, like, right there, a little magnet spot, you close it, and now there's no more chance of it flying off. 
Uh, unfortunately, it does discharge. It doesn't stay charged up there. Uh, but if you end up using it like this, hey, very functional, very nice. And it's been doing great for me for the last year. And I'm looking forward to checking out the S8 Plus, honestly. The Ultra is tempting, but I don't see myself spending that much money on a tablet. I don't need a small TV or a small laptop without a keyboard because I think that's what they're trying to leverage the S22 Ultra, uh, the, the Tab 8 Ultra uh, with that and making it more functional, which if they've improved DeX to make it more functional, I may consider it. But if it's the, the existing version of DeX, I don't, you know, it's not worth it realistically. Uh, ta -ta -ta. Do you expect support to Samsung's fast charging by splitting by splitting the battery? Hamid, Hamid, uh, I don't think they're going to be using that type of technology. I think Samsung is not uh, will not copy Oppo and OnePlus's technology of splitting the battery to to charge up faster. I think they're going to just stick to the forty five watt. Forty five watt seems like it's a fast charging, but you have to remember. Oppo and OnePlus are in the 60s to 68. And, I mean, even with the, the Reno 7 Pro, 67 watts. So it's very much where they have to figure out new ways to get that fast, or even when we get to 100, something like that. So Samsung, no, they're going to stick to the single battery uh, because that's their bread and butter. That's how they've been doing it. Uh, I don't think they'll be splitting their batteries anytime in the near soon, in the near future, at least. Finally, uh, <laughs> Jimmy, I appreciate it. I'm with you too. Uh, I've been waiting for it. I've been, you know, I, I, it was right around the time where we knew it was going to be coming out. So I was really happy to see that. Uh, Michael Peppertech saying Samsung's prices seem to be just start, uh, to, to be just as a starting point. Trade-in deals so much off the, uh, the, the pre-order as much. The real price, whatever you pay will mark basically depending on what you're doing and what you're trading in. Um, that is true. This is where things differ. This is where things change. How is Samsung's approach to things? But what they do this at this point is their trade-in value, their trade-in offers, and whatever promotional credits they give you. At the end of the day, I'm not saying that people that buy it at the beginning are not getting a deal. Absolutely not. They're going to get a deal if they do it in the right order. If you pre-ordered, meaning you pre you showed your interest in time, you'll get that extra 50. Then you'll probably get some credits on the on top of that because if you're going on whatever version of the phone, and that's going to give you some free stuff from them, not free price off. You're still paying a higher price. If you're trading in a phone, if I'm not mistaken, Samsung now allows you to trade in multiple phones. So if you have a few other phone, older phones that are not necessarily being used, but they're still in decent shape, you're able to trade those in and bring the price down for whatever version of the phone that you're getting. Um, but it still kind of brings up with the question of the total value and how much you're using or how much you're putting in to get what you're getting. And are you getting more than what you were getting before? This is where the conversation kind of comes around. And you have to kind of see and make the judgment for yourself at the time of purchase. Uh, this is why I was saying is that the reservation does not do anything other than allow you to have that credit when the time comes. But it is something that you have to kind of appreciate and double check and see how that kind of goes there. Oh, here, Ibrahim jumping us, uh, giving us up uh, with the pricing. So the starting price for the S21 FE is $699. The S22 is going to be $799. The S22 Plus $999. And the S22 Ultra is going to be $1199. So you see how they're setting up their price, uh, their the hierarchy. I personally think the S21 FE is going to get a massive jump, uh, not jump, but a massive drop in that price. And we're going to see more compelling features uh, basically on the new ones. Because the reality is how much more, I mean, Will we get that much more on the S22 over what the S21 FE is going to offer us? And that's this is really where they need to kind of separate them more than just being at 100 bucks. I think Samsung wants people to jump in on the S22 bandwagon more than they want them on the S21, even though they released the S21 FE less than a month ago. This is it's a weird PR marketing kind of thing. They're they're definitely at a, in a in a quarrel in there trying to figure out how to do this one. 
Um, it's going to be very difficult to beat a 599 price for a Pixel 6. Oh man, Google did this. They they tax they they did it absolutely. The moment the pricing was announced, the 699, the 599, and an 899 on the 6 and the 6 Pro, I was like, Google was like, hold my beer, hold. This is literally the exact conversation. Like, let me just show people how how well we can price a phone and give people such a great deal or such a bang for the buck for what they can get. So the Pixel 6, absolutely, I think it's the best of two. And I said that even on the day uh, when we were doing the unboxing of the uh, Pixel 6 Pro and the content on that, that's the phone people will want to live in. That's the phone. Because that's the best bang for the buck. Da, da, da. Uh, I saw okay, so Jimmy Jimmy's jumping in with I saw some of the clock speeds on the Exynos 2200 were revealed at, at 2.8 gigahertz uh, plus 2.5 and 2.5, and that's a little bit of an interesting approach because they're still technically based on the same ARM architecture, so they could technically go all the way to three gigahertz, like similar to what we've seen with the other ones. Uh, but it depends on what they're trying to do. I think they're trying to leverage uh, an improvement with more consistent, less power-hungry uh, attributes. And this is what's been going on with these devices is not using the full potential of the processor to give you a better experience on the phone. OnePlus did it a little bit last year. The Reno is no exception, even with the 1200 uh, Max. Performance mode is not turned on. Oppo turns that off automatically, and it makes it for a better experience. I feel like the hardware is way ahead of what we need. And if you do need it, you have the toggle to turn it on and run it full power, but you don't have to necessarily compromise and have that all, all the time and, and worry about losing battery. It's like, give us the control, make it easy for us to understand what to do and let that be there. Um, gaming, obviously that takes, out of, it takes it out of the park because you're able to turn that on and make it happen. Um, oh, then jumping back, um, Samsung should extend their software support for their for their phones. I would seriously have bought a Note 20 Ultra uh, at a reduced price, but if it would uh, been uh, okay, uh, but if you but if sorry, but it but I won't if it's um, uh, outdated two years and also uh, justifies uh, their uh, higher prices. So. I can tell you very frankly, the uh, Note 20 Ultra just received One UI 4.0. My wife got the update as an overnight update. She woke up one morning and she's like, my phone changed. And I looked at it and I was like, yep, you're on One UI 4. Um, the Note 20 Ultra, I think, is still a very compelling smartphone. And I feel like it's one of the better options that they have. Great camera stack on the back. SD card support, MST support. They don't have a fast charging. So we don't have the 45 watt charging. We still have the 25 watt charging. But realistically, with a 4,500 milliampere battery, she's been able to carry it on the days in, charges pretty fast. She still gets all of the things that she wants to do. And she's shooting all of her content, all of her images and everything as far as you know, supporting her social media, her YouTube side and all that good stuff from that device. And it still works great. How much longer is it going to be get? Is it going to get One UI 5? That's the question. And when will it get One UI 5? When that becomes available? Um, it's it's a little it's getting to that point where we kind of uh, we want longer support for devices, but we have to keep in mind this is where the dilemma comes in. We want the bang for the buck. We want to be be able to pay for devices at the right for what they're valued. Software, long software support life typically comes with more expensive devices. There's a lot of work that goes into supporting a device that was released two years ago than it is for a device that's about to be released. It's different because you're building the device and you're setting it up with the software to start with. So that's more of a co-development as opposed to going backwards and redeveloping and bringing in that software to older generations. And testing it out and making sure that it doesn't bork anything is one of the other things. So that unfortunately does come with the pricing and the Note 22 Ultra was definitely higher price. So I'm hoping that that does carry over. 
Um, so yeah, when we're talking about the 2.8, 2.5, and 2.7, I think you're talking about the different tiers, right? So the X2 prime core will be 2.8, the mid-tier core, the performance cores are going to be 2.5, and then the power saving cores, the quad cores and the, uh, at the bottom are going to be about 1.7. That's typical to what we see in, in the architecture of the ARM uh, X2 uh, architecture that we have right now. You're right. Um, longer software support helps justify the thousand blade. Absolutely. See, I, I think we're, we're talking, we're reading each other's mind. Um, Ibrahim is jumping back. In my opinion, um, I do. So he's okay. So he's referring back to Dominic Wong. Uh, however, they do uh, they do put more uh, deals, uh, including trade ins, and and than and, and some of their other rivals. But what they're doing, though, Ibrahim um, uh, uh, is. In, in a specific way, they're devaluing some of the other options. So for, for the secondary market, for people to be able to save some money to buy devices, most people that are upgrading, let's say they do trade that in into, into Samsung and they're sending it in all, all of that. It's reducing the value of this device on the open market. So people don't value, like Samsung devices don't hold the value that they typically do as time goes on. Um, and this is one of those concerns. Also, a week or two after the, la the launch event, this is the really crazy part. They're going to drop the price. You're going to find it on Amazon for like 100 to $200 less. And you're going to be like, well, did I really save the money if I ended up basically getting more stuff from Samsung? Because the $200 that they were, whatever $100 credit they're giving you, you're getting more things from them, right? They're not dropping the price for that. They're just giving you more stuff with it. It's a great value if you need all of that. But at the end of the day, again, it's a decision that you have to make. At the time that I purchased my S21 Ultra, I traded in my S20 Ultra to the S21 Ultra. And then I also was able to uh, basically get the $200 credit. It was a good deal. I needed it. I needed to do the coverage for it. But knowing how Samsung would have uh, goes about their processes, if I was not making videos for it and I didn't need it within the first two weeks or so of the launch event, I probably would have just gone with the just the standard wait a couple of weeks or so find it on special on Amazon and then just buy it out straight uh, save myself having to get the extra stuff that I may and may not use and just leverage everything off the device and save some money at the end because you can still trade in a device um, when that pricing drops a little bit Samsung does uh, trade-in offers on their site carriers do that and even Amazon does trade-ins so you're, you're not losing out but it's a different type of an experience and it makes people that purchase the device two weeks earlier feel like, why did I just spend more money? Hey, TK. Um, hello, hello, Ted. I hope everyone's doing great. Um, hope you're doing great as well, man. Uh, I hope you guys are doing awesome, honestly. Oh, man. Uh, crap. Oh, wow. It's now. <laughs> I did not know how fast the time flew this time. Today is one of those really fun shows I love uh, checking out. So here, let me double check. Where Jimmy Fire Dragon says... Um, I found that the 2200 clock speeds uh, to be slightly underclocked compared to the 8 Gen 1 with the 1.7 uh, instead of the 2.2 uh, or the 2 gigahertz. Definitely. It is, I think it's a power profile that I feel like for them makes more sense for the longevity and the power consumption and the performance of the device. The biggest concerns that we've seen with uh, Exynos processors over the year, at least the last couple of years or so, they overheat, they get too hot. And it's not about running the car at 100% uh, to be able to get that benefit. You could still get a very strong and almost unnoticeable experience difference uh, at a 80 or 90%. So underclocking it to 2.8, absolutely acceptable. My concern, though, is we want to see the performance and the the uh, exactly how everything kind of just comes out in longevity and software support and optimizations with the AMD relationship that they're doing. So it's, it's, it's a harder conversation to bring. Um, where you're you're having to get out of a historical uh, stint that you've been kind of stint that you've been basically sticking with for the last couple of years. Let's see here. 
Um, Davin Davis is jumping in. TK, I think they want the S21 FE and the S21, S22 Plus to sell most uh, as, as their target uh, bigger screen users uh, uh, don't think the S22 or the S22 Ultra will sell. So the S22 more than likely will appeal for people that want the smaller form factor. It's really more about the size. Uh, one of the reasons why the Pixel 5 was very attractive is because it's a smaller form factor who's still able to fit in so much more into it. Uh, but what, again, there are some people that truly don't appreciate the larger full factor or full display, uh, and they do want to actually enjoy a slightly fall, a smaller device. I think that may work for them. You're right, though. S21 FE is probably going to get a mass, it's going to get a decent price cut, and the S22 Plus is going to be that sweet spot between the two. My concern, though, is that with what they've done with uh, S21 and all, uh, well, at one point, if you guys remember, the S22 uh, Plus and the S22 uh, and the higher end, the Ultra, used to both support QHD resolution, high refresh rate. As of the S21, we've dropped down to 1080p, 120 hertz on the two lower end models. So it, it depends on what you're coming from. But again, at the end of the day, we need to see how the pricing kind of comes up and how what kind of promotions they go on. They typically go on buy one, get one free anyways. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. You're right. Promotion-wise, it's not going to be, we're not going to be short and seeing different specials on, on the S-Series coming up. Uh, Apple are very, very good at uh, delivering updates to their devices. Yeah, Samsung's been getting better as time goes on. They're seriously still supporting it on, on many of their devices, the flagship devices for sure. Um, Hamad says, will the Sony Xperia 1 Mark IV uh, expect it to be soon? So historically, the way that things will go, within a month or so, we're going to probably start seeing some content announcement or so, hopefully. Uh, probably end of March, uh, I want to say in April is typically when we start hearing about the next, uh, the next series. The um, Xperia 5 Mark III just in January got announced and released in the, in the US market. So for us, that's probably not going to come back for another end of the year or so for the 5 Mark II. And the 1 Mark III came out last year in September, uh, I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, August, September. So that's more than likely when we'll see the new 1 Mark IV. Uh, so this is how typically Sony's kind of um, delivery cycle or launch cycle kind of goes. We'll hear about it, but it won't be out for at least another few months. Uh, I think the 1 Mark III is still a very strong, capable device. And, um, well, of course... <laughs> Let's not forget this guy. Uh, the Xperia, uh, the Xperia Pro I is going to be definitely uh, one of their biggest performance. Not only just for vlogging, for traveling and stuff like that. And I'm going to be taking this with me when I go to Barcelona, hopefully at the end of the month, because uh, I think this is the best way to vlog and record content when you're traveling. You hold it, you shoot with it, and you're ready to go, and you're getting a really good experience. And as you see, I always have it on the ready, sitting for me, waiting for me to take it with me. Uh, but yeah, we'll have to see how that kind of goes. Um, Samsung's secondary market is trash, especially when you break in the, uh, when you when you break the screen. Their screen are so expensive, and uh, it makes people just get get over it by just fixing it. You're right; it is a very hard experience. Uh, the fold has an, obviously the fold has a very expensive screen to start with, but no, typically yeah. If there's any damage on your phone or on your Samsung device, your price just literally dropped. It's a massive drop. But again, this is typical to what you get. I mean, Samsung even accepts um, devices with cracked displays. But you should be able to see if you want to try this when the when the pre-orders go up. Try putting in a phone with and without with a, with a device, whatever it is, and mark it as with a good display or one without the same. See how much the price value drops. This is from Samsung themselves. They drop that value tremendously because repairs. You're right, cost a lot of money. Okay. Um, I do want to, oh, and then I uh, forgot to ask Greg. So Greg Greg is running the Pixel 6 Pro, working great with the Kalex uh, OS, which he sent me a few screenshots on the boot up screen. Looks absolutely great. 
Um, we are at that point in the show as we typically get, and I didn't realize we got to this point so quickly. Uh, this is called. Uh, if you haven't ch checked us out before, this is called the TKception. It's part of the show where we start showcasing and uh, you know highlighting some of our favorite fans and of course uh, friends and family that are hanging out with us here um, in the show. Uh, and it is, you'll start seeing some of those hashtags dropping in the ch uh, in the chat called hashtag TKception. Um, and with that being said, I will go ahead and give that a few minutes, and I want to go ahead and start wrapping up things as usual. Samsung is very much waiting and wanting people to trading their old devices to jump in on more new devices. They're leveraging the Note and the S series to try to increase sales in 2022. I think it's going to work for them. This is my prediction. I think their numbers are going to go up. But the reality is we need to understand why that number went up because of the merger of the S22 Ultra and the Note 22 Ultra together in one device. Will that make it so that this device is definitely going to be the best? I don't know, but we'll have to see. This is a bet that Samsung is going with, and we'll have to see how the cards kind of play out. The S21 FE, as, as good as a device as it is, at the price as it is right now, I feel like it's too expensive. Keep in mind that the 699 price tag is their base model S21 FE. It is not the only version. It goes up from there. So keep that in mind also when you're looking at devices that don't have expandable storage, that don't have the ability of uh, adding SD cards or anything to the effect that increase it without buying more. So price tags more than likely will drop. If you were into, in the market for, sorry, for an S21 FE, I think this week will be it and within a week or so. Um, as far as what we see here with the Note 11 Pro from Redmi, great bang for the buck, great price point, a good camera system for the price, uh, large battery, fast charging, uh, and of course, uh, capabilities, very solid capabilities at 1080p with the 108 megapixel sensor on the back. I feel like and that's going to be the main sensor that you want to live in anyways. Uh, when it comes down to the uh, Reno 7 Pro, in about 45 minutes to an hour as soon as the show is over, check it out on the main channel, TK Bay, and it'll be on the Arabic channel, hopefully not that long after that, as I'm finishing editing that video as it's rendering one of them uh, at the same time. So uh, let's jump in real quick here to do the uh, the TKception. If you haven't seen this before, it's a beautiful thing. It's a visual effect that does a very, very nicely, and everybody hangs with us, uh, always appreciates that here. Um, wait, hold on a second. Uh, I just noticed a new feature inside of, ooh, extra camera. Okay. StreamYard just added an extra camera feature, uh, upgrade to the professional. Oh, of course you have to add that. <laughs> Sorry. I got excited. Okay. So, uh, it seems like StreamYard is going to start supporting multicam. Ooh. Okay. I got, I got to try that. I'll have to see how that goes. But with that being said, here is the TKception right there. Uh, as always, thank you very much for everybody for hanging out with us. Davin Davis as well, TKception, TK Roots, the Tesla, TK Sony Alpha Bay, Sony Life, always, man. I am, oh my God, hashtag TK Sony guy. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, Finn Jacobs, thank you for hanging out with us again. TKception in there. Chemi Torres, our buddy. Uh, man, it's been a while. I can't wait. And I'm hoping our paths will cross again. We'll be able to hang out again a little bit. Uh, so Chemi Torres, always, always appreciated. Chris Lopez, I'm, I do apologize, man. Yeah, no, uh, we so just for reference, guys, for the most part, this show will always be starting at 9.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time uh, and, you know, for the Android Bay. I know we used to have it a little bit later in the morning, uh, but as you can imagine, with family time and so on, this has been the best. I prefer to start at 9, but this morning I figured, you know, we had to stick to that one. But hopefully uh, we'll, you'll, hopefully you'll catch it on the replay. Uh, Dominic Wan, thank you very much. Uh, and again, happy Chinese New Year to everybody that celebrates this happy uh, spring festival as well. Uh, TKception, Super Saiyan Bay, Goku all the way, man. 
always, always. Jimmy Fire Dragon, thank you very much for hanging out with us. TKS Note Merge. I'm still going for that Finn Jacob title, the Samsung Galaxy S22 Ultra S22 Note Ultra McLaren Edition T-Mobile because that just is a long one. Hamid, Hamid, ahlan wa sahlan ma salami. Inshallah, kunu mniyah. And everybody else, hope you guys are doing great. Uh, thank you again for hanging out with us. Thank you for taking your time of the day at, on your Saturdays to kick it with us and to have a quick conversation. It's going to be an exciting week. February is going to be crazy busy. I'm really excited about uh, going to MWC at the end of the month. I'm looking forward to seeing some of you guys. If you guys are able to ch uh, hit it, go in there or even are in the area, please let me know. Um, and let me know also what you guys would like me to, re to be able to cover. I'm I did a lot of reels while I was at CES and they did great on Instagram, but I didn't really see a lot of functionality, a lot of things done well on YouTube. So I want to still make short content videos like two to three minute videos on YouTube, but I'm trying to optimize the performance and optimize the, the time that it takes me to produce because reels and, and shorts are much faster, but on YouTube, they're sucking. And at least it's maybe I'm not making viral videos of how I broke up with my ex or something. It's something that's weird. Like I need to make uh, the content for tech on in shorts doesn't really work as well. And I was hoping that it would. So uh, hashtag Hamid Hamid, hashtag TK Sony, always appreciate it. Take care of yourself. Be safe. Stay safe. Um, I'll see you guys, of course, in the chat on Monday with the SGGQA with Juan Carlos on his show. And on Thursday, of course, for the best of our week. I'll take that back. On Friday next week for the best of our week, we're going to be concluding our collaboration, our, our device swap that we did with I, where I borrowed the uh, Vivo X70 Pro Plus as well as the uh, the Duo 2. And Juan borrowed the X, uh, the Z Fold 3 with the S Pen as well as, uh, you know, of course, uh, going in and there with the Mi 11 Ultra, which is still one of the better Mi, Mi devices available on the market. Take care, everybody. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.